Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I want to invite you to stay updated with me on social media and see what we are doing in the ministry. You can follow me on Facebook at John Wallace. You can follow me on Instagram at Jonathan R. Wallace. And you can follow our YouTube page at New Beginnings Huntington. I pray this message builds your faith and gives you revelation. Let's get ready for the Word of God. Hey guys, my name is John Wallace. I am the pastor here at New Beginnings Church. And if this is your first time watching one of my teachings or my videos, I just want to say thank you and welcome. Uh, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that this encourages you. I'm praying that this builds your faith. And thank you for giving me your time and watching this. Uh, if you guys will, before I dive into the content, if you'll do a couple things to help me out, you can hit the like button. Hit the heart button, interact with this post, comment, share. It helps me out tremendously. Give you guys a couple of seconds to jump on. Let us know where you're watching from as well. Type it in the comments where you're watching. I'd love to see you. I know I have friends from other states and other places. And so even sometimes people from other countries jump on and watch. It's kind of the, the craziest thing about... The time we live in, you know, you can be sitting in Huntington, Texas. That's where we're located. And somebody from Haiti, somebody from India, somebody from Africa watching and, and, and being able to participate in this. It's super cool. So let me know where you're watching from. Again, help me out. Share, share the broadcast. Help me spread the word of God. I know if you love Jesus, like I believe you do. You'll help me share the word of God. We know that the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. People can't ever even have faith to be saved if, if they're never told. And so just utilize this social media platform that you're watching this on and, and flood it with the Word of God. I'm on here several times a week doing these teachings. I take these teachings and play them back several times a week just so people that are at work or people that are doing things at different points in the day, you know, they don't forget. It doesn't just get lost in their feed, but they see the Word of God and have an opportunity to hear throughout the day. So I'm excited. I'm excited for today. Uh, thank you guys again for tuning in. I'm going to go ahead and dive into the content. Today, if you see the, the title of this broadcast, I entitled this three things that will stunt your growth. Three things that will stunt your growth. So a little bit of backstory to get into this. Uh, my previous broadcast that I did, I came on and really did a teaching that was directed towards leaders. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start having leadership trying to training sessions or just impartation services, a time set apart to pour into people in our church that serve and that are leading different facets of different ministries that cause them to kind of be pulled away from our main service times, their main feeding time, so to speak. And so I don't want anybody to fall through the cracks. I don't want anybody to feel like they're getting left behind. And what I actually did in the last broadcast was try to give you spiritual disciplines on how to still live a thriving spiritual life, even when you're serving in a way that may pull you away from being able to participate in a service with everybody else. And I think this will help a lot of people. There's tons of churches that have uh, volunteers, that have leaders, that have servers, that have staff members. And so this is really for you. Spiritual principles, the title of that broadcast was Who Preaches to the Preacher? You know, how, is, how does somebody 
who is the one leading, is the one preaching, is the one teaching several times a week, still getting fresh revelation, still getting fed, not burning out, but growing stronger. And it's not just some mythical, because you're special, you have some special grace and you just have a fire that won't go out. No, there's spiritual disciplines that you build in your life to keep the fan, uh, to keep the flame lit, to fan the flame, as the Bible says. So go back and watch that. This is going to be a piggyback to that teaching. So in the previous teaching, one more time, I gave you four spiritual disciplines. Basically, I gave you four things uh, to apply to your life today. Four things that I want you to take hold of and apply today. And today I'm going to piggyback off of that and give you three things that you need to get rid of today. So I gave you four things that you need to get a hold of. And now I'm going to give you three things that you need to let go of. So the title of this broadcast is three things that will stunt your growth. Three things that will stunt your growth. Just as it is important for you to do the right things, it's important that you make sure you're not doing the wrong things. And so I'm going to go over three very practical things. Some of these things I'm going to read, and you're going to be like, you know, duh, I understand that. That's, that's kind of a no-brainer. But there's so many people that are not able to flourish. They're not able to move forward and grow. And I guarantee you that they could look, if they did an inventory in their life, they could maybe find parts of their heart, parts of their life that, that are lining up with these three things that you need to get rid of. Maybe this will open your eyes and help you. I believe it will because the Lord gave it to me to, to teach on this. Three things that will stunt your growth, that will prevent you from moving forward, prevent you from growing. Let's go ahead and get right into this. Let me pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to preach your word, to teach your word. I pray this builds faith. I pray that this uh, gives somebody revelation. This gives somebody instruction, that this encourages somebody, that this imparts wisdom into somebody, and that you speak to somebody through this broadcast. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's get right into this. Three things that will stunt your growth. Number one, if you're taking notes, which I encourage you, or if you're writing, uh, if you're watching this, just write this in the comments. Number one, out of the three things that will stunt your growth, number one, the no-brainer, sin. Three things you need to get rid of today. First thing is sin. You need to get rid of sin in your life, habitual sin. Sin that's just a reoccurring life pattern. I'm not talking about Man, you know what? I was pulling up behind somebody at a stop sign the other day and I kind of lost my temper a little bit because they, they pulled out in front of me and I had to repent and like, Lord, where did that come from? I'm not necessarily talking about that. I'm talking about intentional things that you know the Bible says are not okay to do, that Christians cannot do these things. You need to get rid of those things in your life. It will stop you from growing. It'll stop you from moving forward. Look at Hebrews 12 verse 1. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, look at this. So this is talking about living the life of faith. How do I, how do I live in faith? The Bible says the righteous live by faith. How do I live a life of faith? How do I walk the walk of faith? The scripture tells you. The witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. So how do you run your race? 
How do you move forward? How do you gain momentum? The Bible says in order to run your race, you have to strip off every weight and sin that slows you down. Amen. I need you just to get this very simple truth. Sin will weigh you down. The Bible says sin will trip you up. Sin will put your feet in cement blocks. It's like trying to run the Boston Marathon with with cement blocks tied to your feet. You're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to move. It's like every step you take, it's just like it's... You're stuck in the mud. You cannot move forward. That's what the Bible says happens when you have sin in your life. So it says you run this race of faith. You live the life of faith by stripping off every weight, especially the sin that so easily trips you up and entangles you. Amen. I want you guys to hear this. Number one, under sin. You can go to a thousand anointed Holy Ghost meetings. You can jump from minister to minister, church to church, meeting to meeting, and have the the most powerful encounters anybody's ever had in their entire life. But nothing in your life will go forward until you deal with the heart issue or the sin issue, because that's ultimately what sin is, is it's a heart issue. It's not just cleaning up the, the outside of the cup. Jesus actually taught when you clean the inside, the outside becomes clean as well. Not just doing the religious thing, dotting your I's, crossing your T's, saying what everybody wants you to say. No, but yet your heart, you still have hidden sin in the darkness when nobody's looking. That, that's a heart issue. You can go to a thousand churches, a thousand meetings, the most anointed preacher, teacher on the face of the planet, but you will not move forward in your calling. You will not move forward in your walk with the Lord until you address the sin issue, the heart issue, until you come to the point where you surrender and say, Lord, I am not going to live in sin. I'm going to stay away from the things that the Bible tells me to stay away from. I'm going to take you at your word. If you told me don't touch that stove, I'd know that's for good reason. I'm not going to touch it. Until you address the sin issue and the heart issue, you will not be able to move forward. Can you say amen to that? You will not be able to move forward. You run the race by getting rid of the weight that weighs you down and the sin that so easily entangles you and trips you up. I want you to get this truth under number one, sin. There are things, the Bible says this, there are things that God won't reveal to you until you deal with the sin issue in your life. There are things that God, not it's going to be hard for him to, there are literally things that God will not reveal to you until you deal with the sin issue in your life. So sin slows you down, and sin keeps you from receiving deeper revelation from God. I don't think people understand this. Sin will keep you, literally, there are things that God will not, I'll say that again, capital W-I-L-L, will not, will not reveal to you until the sin issue is dealt with in your life. I'll show you scripture, 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 4. Paul says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, he says, I couldn't talk to you, could not talk to you as though I would to spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to the world or as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk and not with solid food because you weren't ready for anything stronger. You still aren't ready because you quarrel with each other. He says, 
You're still controlled by your sinful nature. You're jealous with one another. You quarrel with one another. Doesn't that prove you're controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, when other, another says, I'm a follower of Apollos, aren't you acting just like the people of the world? So people think that God just treats everybody the same, right? It doesn't matter how you live. It doesn't matter what you do. He's just going to give it all to everybody anyways. No, uh, God, there are things that God will not reveal to you until the sin issue is addressed. And I know that because that's how God uh, instructed Paul in his ministry to the Corinthian church. Paul literally said, I don't care what the words that you're saying. What Paul did is he would look at people's lives and he would see how they acted. He would see the fruit. He would look how they treated people, the words that came out of their mouth, the things that they did, and he would use their actions as a gauge to tell where they were at in their spiritual maturity. And he said, according to where they fell on that gauge, it would determine what he revealed to them and what he didn't reveal to them. So, you know, they could sit there and say, Paul, oh my gosh, you know, this is the fifth time we've heard you preach about the cross and repentance of sin and these basic things. We get it. Let's move forward. We're, we're more spiritually mature than that. We're above that, Paul. You know, we need to move forward. And Paul would say, no, you're not. You, you can talk all day long like you're spiritually mature, but by the actions that I see in your life, it shows me that you are, I, I'm going to talk to you and treat you like you're sinners, like you don't even know God. He literally says, you're not ready for anything stronger. So until he began to see the sin issues dealt with in their lives and then walk out their faith and begin to show the fruit of salvation, he said, there's certain things I won't even talk to you, with, talk to you about because you're not ready for them. There are things God won't reveal to you until you deal with the sin issue in your life. And so many people are like just trying to beg God for their higher calling. What's my purpose? Lord, I need you to give me a strategy for the next year. I need you to give me revelation about uh, the kingdom and what I'm supposed to do. All those things are so important, and God wants to reveal these deeper things to you. But you cannot, he will not reveal those things to you until you get past the fundamental principles of just repentance from sin and receiving the salvation of Jesus Christ. Amen. Sin will keep you from the revelation that God wants to give you. Let's go to number two. So number one, you need to get rid of sin. Sin will stunt your growth. The second thing that will stunt your growth, this is a big one, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will stunt your growth and prevent you from moving forward and, and growing spiritually. This is Matthew 6, 14 through 15. Jesus said this. This is pretty... Uh, this will mess with somebody's theology if you got bad theology. Matthew 6, 14 through 15. Jesus said, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. That was Matthew 6, 14 through 15. So Jesus said, in order for your sins to be forgiven, you have to forgive other people. That means that if you walk around with unforgiveness in your heart, with hatred in your heart, where you are holding a grudge over somebody else, your sins aren't forgiven. Y'all, I know that that just like really offends certain people, but it's, it's black and white. It's what Jesus said several times. I'll actually show you a, a couple more scripture references. 
And if your sins aren't forgiven, you can't even come and approach God on his throne. The forgiveness of your sin is the only thing that even allows you to come into his presence because it's the forgiveness of your sin that makes you pure, that makes you holy, that made you a new creation so that you can even have fellowship with God. If you have unforgiveness, you cannot have fellowship with God. This is a barrier. If you don't forgive others, you won't be forgiven. If you're not forgiven, you can't even come into the presence of God. Amen. This is why Jesus taught. This is a serious thing. This is a serious thing. Jesus taught this when the disciples said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. He goes into the Lord's prayer. And in the Lord's prayer, he says, Father, forgive me of my sins as I forgive those who trespass, who sin against me. Forgive me of my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. Jesus kind of gave us a nugget of theology there. As you forgive those that trespass against you, God will forgive you of your trespasses. But as you refuse to forgive those that trespass against you, you will not receive forgiveness of your trespasses. Unforgiveness will literally prevent you from having a relationship with God. Y'all, this is such a serious thing because there's so many Christians that, man, they'll, they'll talk about Jesus. They'll wear the, the cowgirl neon shirt they bought at Walmart that talks about the country girl and sweet tea and Jesus. I love Jesus. But, man, you start having a conversation. They hate their neighbor. They hate that girl they work with. They're just slandering everybody. Somebody did them wrong, and they're going to make sure everybody knows about how wrong they were done. Unforgiveness. Don't live in a lie. You literally, you will never move forward in your purpose in the kingdom and your calling and even go to heaven if you do not forgive other people. Unforgiveness will prevent you from moving forward. Let me show you another example. So Mark 11, one of my favorite passages in the scripture, Jesus teaches us about faith. So I'm going to read you Mark 11, 24 through 25. Mark 11, 24 through 25. Look at this. Jesus said, I tell you, you can pray for anything. You can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. That's something I teach at this church. That's something that I love about faith. Jesus literally said there's no limitation. If you can believe it, you can receive it. Obviously, if it's according to the, you know, the Bible, I can't believe that Man, I'm just tired of my wife. I'm gonna if I got faith, I know God will just kill her in her sleep. No, you know, it has to be obviously according to the will. The scripture also teaches us. So you can have anything that the Bible tells you you can have. Friends, that's good news because good news because the Bible tells me that I can be the head and not the tail. I can lend to many and borrow from none. That the, the, the diseases of the world will not come upon me, though a thousand fall at my side and ten thousand die, are dying around me. These evils will not touch me. There's so many promises in the Bible, full of promises. And I can have every single one of them if I'll believe it. If I have faith that God's good for his word and he'll do what he said he'll do, Jesus said, if you truly believe and have not doubt in your heart, you can have it if you believe that you've received it. Amen. Jesus, I believe you died for all those things. That's a powerful message. That's a powerful message. Jesus, I believe you made a way for me to have every single one of those things. I receive them today. Powerful message. But there's a, there's a stipulation to it. Look at the next verse, verse 25. But when you're praying, 
So he said, again, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, you can have it. But when you're praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. What was Jesus saying? This is contingent upon forgiveness. If you have unforgiveness, what the Bible is teaching us is that unforgiveness will bind your faith. Unforgiveness will literally prevent your faith from working. That you can believe the promises all day long and act on that scripture, Mark eleven twenty four. I confessed it, I believe it, I receive it, but yet you will see absolutely nothing because you did not obey the next verse, 25, that says, but first forgive anybody that you have an offense against, a grudge against, forgive them. Why was Jesus teaching them this? Because unforgiveness will hinder your faith from moving. It will literally tie your faith up where your faith can produce nothing. Your faith cannot go into the heavenly realms and bring anything into your, into your possession. Unforgiveness binds your faith. So these are the three things that you need to get rid of because it will stunt your growth. It will prevent you from moving forward. Number one was sin. Number two, unforgiveness. Number three, this is one that it's honestly, it's going to be a little bit, you know, uncomfortable to talk about, but it's so, so, so important. And this is my last one. Number three, what is something you need to get rid of today? Something that will stunt your growth, prevent you from moving forward. Number three, lack of honor. You need to get rid of sin. You need to get rid of unforgiveness and you need to get rid of lack of honor in your life. You need to get honor, I should say. You could say you need to learn how to honor. And I'm going to explain this. And again, this is kind of uncomfortable, but it, guys, it's so, so important. And I'm going to show you why. Let me show you a scriptural example and then explain this to you. Lack of honor will prevent you from moving forward in life. You will not be able to achieve your calling on the earth. You will not be able to step into all that God has called you to as long as you lack honor and do not have the spiritual discipline of honor in your life. I'm going to show you this. Mark, Mark 6, 2 through 6. The next Sabbath, he, being Jesus, began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. And Jesus said this. Look what he said. A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown among his relatives and his own family. So Jesus basically was saying among his own family and among his own hometown, the place he grew up in, a prophet is without honor. And because of their unbelief, he could not do any miracles among them except place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their unbelief. These people treated Jesus as common. These people looked at Jesus and said, he's the son of the carpenter. He's the carpenter's boy. We went to high school with his brothers and his sisters, right? That's just old Jesus. I remember him when he was just running around as a kid. He's going to come here and, and talk about doing miracles and talk about being the son of God. They did not hold Jesus in a place of honor in their heart. 
So what did this cause? It says literally, because they did not honor Jesus, they had no faith to receive from him. They had no expectancy to receive from him. And so it says he could not do any miracles among them. Therefore, his ministry could not, I want you to say could not, could not work for them. They didn't honor him, so they didn't have faith to receive from them. So I want you guys to hear this, okay, about honor, lack of honor. This is what people do. They begin to treat certain people, spiritual leaders, pastors, uh, men and women of God in their life as common. Oh, that's just old Jimmy, right? Oh, we, you know, I know Jimmy's the pastor of the church, but, you know, we hang out. And so you begin to just treat that person as common and you don't have honor for them. You don't honor them as an anointed man or woman of God and place, have that proper place of honor in your heart for that person. And what does it do? It makes your level of receiving, your expectancy and your faith to receive from them, like you just don't have any faith or expectancy because they're just a common person to you and therefore their ministry becomes ineffective in your life. You need to honor your pastors and spiritual leaders. Look at this. Not for their sakes, but for your sake. You need to honor, I'll say that again. You need to honor your pastors and spiritual leaders, not for their sake, but for your sake. Not because pastors have an ego problem and, man, I just need everybody to honor me. And, and they, you know, they should really... It, not be so just casual and info it's not anything about that it's literally for the person who's receiving sake and i'll tell you why i want you to write this down the moment you stop honoring a man or woman of god is the moment you stop receiving from them the moment that you take a man or woman of god out of that place of honor in your heart is the moment that you stop receiving from their ministry Lack of honor. This is something that hinders so many people from moving forward. Amen. So many people. You need to learn this. You must learn the, this lesson. A, you must learn a person's place in your life. God brings certain people into your life that are meant to impart into you. So look, not everyone in your life is there to be your buddy or your pal. This is a hard subject. Sometimes it's uncomfortable, but people kind of take this approach. They just get casual, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more extensively in a second, but they just begin to treat somebody as common when God didn't bring that person into their life to just be their buddy, to be their pal, just like a parent. You know, God didn't bring a, a parent into a child's life to be their friend. He brought them into the child's life to raise them up in the way that they should go so when they're older, they will not depart from it. Things start getting messed up. Children start getting messed up when the parents try to become friends and they don't stand in their proper place in their life. Not everyone is in your life to be your buddy, your buddy or your pal. There's certain spiritual leaders in my life that I have made the decision, I'm going to hold this person in, my, in a place of honor in my heart. They're not here to be my friend. They're not here to go out and talk about the Dallas Cowboys and just hang out. And no, I hold them in a place of honor where I, this is an anointed man, an anointed woman of God. And what does it, it result? And, and this is the thing too, I have no interest in being buddies. 
I have no interest in being pals because I understand that's not their place in my life. That's not what God's called them to do. And that if I start blurring those lines, it will diminish the work of the Holy Ghost through them, the impartation that God wants me to receive through this person that he's brought into my life. A lack of honor will stagnate you and keep you from moving forward when you take what God has set apart and treat it as common. Something uncomfortable, something a lot of people don't like. Well, that's just pride. No, it's not. You know, because people are saying, well, that's just the pastor saying that. Pa- if you're a pastor, you don't walk around thinking everybody's your equal. You know, there's a man I look up to, Jonathan Shuttlesworth. Uh, his ministry's fathered me in a lot of ways. If we went out and ate, I'm not going to sit here and just like, you know, slap him on the back. Hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I had like 10 people watch my broadcast, act like I'm really doing something. It, no. You know, whenever he's at a higher level than I am, he's at a place of honor in my heart. People need to make those distinctions in their life. It's so important. Amen. And therefore, when you treat somebody and you hold them in the proper place of honor, you constantly are placing yourself in a position to receive from them, to receive from their ministry. Don't ever start treating your pastors as just a buddy, just one of the guys, right? Oh, you just happen to be the pastor, but you're just, no. And I'm telling you, it's not for their sake. Genuinely, it's not. I know personally from a pastor, it would just be easy to just be friends with every single person, to just be best buddies and best pals. But if you start doing this, I'm telling you, receive the wisdom from this. You begin to blur the lines. And you, the minute that you stop honoring a man or woman of God and keeping them in their proper place in which God has brought them into your life is the minute you stop receiving from their ministry. Jesus could not do any miracles because a prophet, he said, because he was not honored in his hometown. Amen. A lack of honor. A lack of honor. You know, look at this, 2 Corinthians 5, 16. So it says this, 2 Corinthians 5, 16. Therefore, from now on, Paul said, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. So the Bible says, know no man after the flesh. Basically, you know, we, know, we don't know Christ by the flesh. We know Christ by the Spirit. Know no man after the flesh. Know him after the Spirit. What does that mean? When God brings a leader, when God brings a pastor, when God brings somebody into your life that is sent by him and anointed by him to impart into you, to help you, push you further, faster, forward, do not normalize that person. Do not begin to take the thing that's set apart by God and treat it as common and normal. Do not know a person by the flesh. You know, that's what I'm telling you guys. There's certain people in your life that are meant to be just friends, that are meant to be just, you know, my equal, my side-by-side, my, this person I just hang out with and we eat popcorn and watch movies and stuff together. That's great. You need fellowship like that. But do not take a person out of their place where they should be in your life and begin to normalize them because the moment that you do is the moment you stop receiving from their ministry. The moment that they could be so anointed by the Holy Ghost and they're laying hands on 15 other people and God's moving through them and all these other people are receiving. But when it comes to you, it's just dead. It's because you've normalized that person and you've taken them out of the place of honor that they should be in. You guys need to understand this as well. There's certain people when God brings them into your life, 
You know, here's the thing. You don't have anything. You don't have to impress anybody. There's certain people that you talk to and you just like, hey, yeah, you share your revelation. I'm going to share my revelation. How about you teach me and I'll teach you? That is not the approach that you take with people that God has brought into your life as spiritual leaders. Oh, that was a good teaching. Now let me give you what I think about that. There's people that you need to learn. There's people that you talk to, and then there's people that you need to learn to listen to. Less talking, more listening. And I told you this is kind of an uncomfortable one, but it's so important because if you don't properly honor and engage your faith and expectancy correctly with somebody, they will not be able to, the anointing, the Holy Spirit will not be able to minister through them to you. And God's brought them into your life for that purpose. Amen. I've seen it happen. You know, this is what people do as a pastor. You're preaching something, you're teaching something, somebody gets offended. They get offended. And then what ends up happening? Somebody just starts talking and creating division, creating dissension. Uh, Division comes, dissension comes. And because they didn't hold you in that place, like, look, I can learn from this person. God's brought this person into my life for me to receive from, but you just treat that person as common. And so, well, I'm just going to sit here and be critical and have an argument of spirit and a rebellious spirit. I'm telling you right now, dissension comes, division comes. And at that point, you, you, don't even, you might as well not even, unless you repent, be a part of that ministry anymore because you have, uh, you have basically removed yourself from receiving from that ministry. I hope that makes sense to you. God brings people into your life to help you. You need to learn who, who your just equals are and who the people that God has placed over you to help you are. And you need to learn how to conduct yourself properly among those people. Yeah, and I'm telling you, this is so important. It really is so important. Amen. And then here's the thing, too. As you grow, you will become this person for someone else. If, if discipleship is done correctly, there should come a time where you grow, where you're discipled, where you have submitted to somebody's authority, spiritual authority, that you have placed somebody in that place and you've grown and now you've been released and you've been discipled and you've matured in Christ. And now you replicate what was done for you with somebody else. Where you become somebody that fathers, that mentors, that teaches, somebody that's new to the faith, an infant in the faith. And that you will be that person that is to be honored, that, they, that you'll teach them the same thing. Look, I'm not here just to be your buddy. I'm not here just to be your pal. I'm here because God sent me into your life to help you. And there's some things that you need to learn. There's some things that you need to, uh, to get a hold of and get the revelation of that God has given me to impart to you. And until you learn to receive from me, you will not move forward in life and your calling and your purpose. Amen. I know that's counterculture. Nowadays in church, you just don't like what he said one Sunday. You pack up your bag and you go down the road. I'm going to go somewhere else. I just really don't. You know what? I'll I, I pray for you. Number one, I pray that you get saved. Because somebody that does that, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to be a person that does that and stands before Jesus on Judgment Day because I had a rebellious spirit and I refused to submit to the Spirit of God. I refused to submit to the man or woman of God. I refused to submit to the Word of God. I refused to submit ultimately to Jesus Christ. 
God is a God of government, of government, of governmental authorities. God is a God of structure, of order. Government is a godly thing. Politics isn't a godly thing, but government is instituted and established by God. Leaders, authorities, God establishes these things. Amen. Three things you need to get rid of. Sin, unforgiveness, a lack of honor. Y'all, I love you so much. I'm telling you, really, this was on my spirit. And I feel like there's just people that the Lord wants to hear this, not to rebuke you, to help you, to encourage you, to make a simple shift and say, man, okay, I feel like I've maybe stepped outside of that and been doing that a little bit wrong. There's no condemnation and there's no, uh, you know, judgment of hell that's coming. It's literally just a correction. God wants to give you instruction and correction so that you can repent and change your mind, change direction, and begin to get on the right course and get a hold of the things that the Lord wants you to get a hold of, those spiritual disciplines, and get rid of those things that are hindering you from running the race that the Lord has set before you. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for the word of God that is our light, it is our lamp, it is our shield that you teach us, instruct us, direct us through your word. I pray that somebody gets a hold of this message today and that they receive revelation. They receive faith. That they'll make corrections today that will break them out of being stagnant and launch them into the purposes that you have set before them. Launch them into their purpose and calling in life. Father, thank you, Lord. Let somebody grab a hold of this and receive it. Receive it and act on the word today. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' name, amen. Y'all, I love you. If I can pray for you for something specific or personal, send me a message. If you're watching on the New Beginnings page, you can message the church. If you're watching on my personal page, send me a private message. I'd love to pray for you personally. Love to talk to you if you have any questions about this. At this time, though, I'm going to give you an opportunity, as I do every broadcast. This is biblical. This is how they operated in the scripture. I'm going to give you a chance to give to this ministry. If you'd like to stand with us as we push the gospel forward, and I'll repeat this, nobody has to. Nobody has to do this. But if you feel led by God's spirit to sow into this ministry and help us preach the gospel, help us do what we're doing, help us take the next step, uh, it is so greatly appreciated by me and by us here at New Beginnings Church that you, would, uh, that you would care about what we're doing and help us grow and expand this vision. And number two, you'll be blessed by the Lord according to his word, that he gives seed to the sower and bread to eat. Amen. When you become a sower, God gives you seed to sow. You start showing yourself a sower, God starts putting seed in your hand to sow. Amen. Because he wants his kingdom financed. He needs things done on the earth, and he's looking for people to do it through. Amen. God doesn't just fly storks in with bags of money. God raises up men and raises up women because we are the hands and feet in the body of Christ. He's the head. The head sends the command to the body. The body carries out the tasks. God is going to raise up men and women to accomplish his his purposes on the earth. If you connect with that and you want to grab a hold of that and say, Lord, here I am. Isaiah 6, 8, send me. Let me be a financer of the kingdom on the earth. Put seed in my hand for me to sow in the kingdom. Act in faith and sow a seed. And the Lord's going to bless you for it. And it's so deeply, I want you to hear me, it's so deeply appreciated. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. God bless you.
The Lord's going to bless you and multiply you. 2021 is going to be the best year you've ever had. Father, thank you for my friends. Thank you for my friends that you've brought to our ministry, that you've brought into our life through technology, even some that we've never met, that have sown, that have stood with us, that have connected with us and, and joined in with what you're doing through us here. I'm so thankful for them, Lord. I ask you to bless them, Father. Multiply them. Lord, don't let 2021 be a year of destruction. Let it be a year of increase. Let it be a year of favor. Let it be a year of just supernatural, it doesn't even make sense, supernatural favor upon their life. That if somebody else is losing jobs around them, that their job is sustained and that they get promoted in Jesus' name. That your blessing would be upon their life, Father. Bless them. Bless them. Preserve them. Protect their family. I thank you for my friends, Lord. I, I quote According to Galatians 3, Father, I want to bring this to remembrance. You said that because of Christ, I have received the same blessing that you gave to my father Abraham. Well, you said in Genesis chapter 12, you told Abraham, I'll bless those that bless you and I'll curse those that treat you with contempt. Father, so I stand on that word. Every person that blesses us here at the church, every person that blesses my ministry, you will bless them. You will pour your blessings out on them according to Malachi 3. You'll open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so great they will not even be able to contain it. Father, thank you for thankful sons and daughters that are thankful for your blessings and thankful for what you've done for them this year, how you've kept them, how you've sustained them, how they've made it through this year. They got another day with breath in their lungs. They got another day with life in their heart. And so, Father, they're going to give back to you and say, Lord, thank you. I give this as a thanksgiving offering to say thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you for what you've done for me, Father. Bless them, bless them. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Guys, you're awesome. I love you. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in with me as I shared the Word of God. If you would like to become more than just a casual listener and want to give to our ministry, you can do so in the following ways. For credit or debit, go to www.nbchuntington.org donate. For PayPal, you can send it to NBC Huntington. For Cash App, Use dollar sign capital N-B-C-H-T-X-20. Thank you so much. I pray God blesses you abundantly. Until next time, this is John Wallace.